Coming up on this week's episode, we're talking Villa, Chelsea and Norwich. I have more stats in the Wonders of White. Liam has a teaser and another tale from around the world, so let's get started. Hello and welcome to episode 26 of View from the Sideline podcast. It's Chris here. And Liam is here as always. Hello, Liam. Good evening, Chris. How you doing? Meh. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Not so good. It's, it's roles reversed this week. Normally yeah, you're happy my, and I'm yeah, sad. Yeah, my week this week. But um, yeah, we are going to have a, a little bit of a talk about both of our teams tonight, as well as um, obviously the first team that have been relegated this season from the Premier League, Norwich. Um, but we'll start off with your teaser this week. Okay, so as you did so well last week. Oh, yeah, the Spanish. Um, yeah, you know all the Spanish goal stories. Yeah. So I thought I'd make it a little bit more difficult this week. So there are six managers who've managed five or more Premier League teams. I want you to try and name them. Obviously, I normally do this out of five. Yeah. If you want to give me five answers, that's fine. I'll give you a bonus point for six. But if you want to go for all six, that's all good. Go for it. I think you can do it. Uh, <laughs> I'll definitely, uh, definitely give it a go. I've got a couple of names in mind already, um, but I will keep jotting some names down as we go on uh, through the podcast. So yeah, so we'll um, we'll come back to an answer on that uh, teaser in a bit, um, but we're going to go straight into our talking points this week, and we'll um, we'll start with Villa. Um, wow. Well, yeah, I, was, I think we were messing each other maybe at the end of last week saying that this is a Villa side that had no fight in them and we were convinced that they were probably going down, but you've uh, you had a bit of a lifeline yesterday. We did. There is a little bit of hope, which almost makes it worse because I still think we're inevitably going to go down. <laughs> but, yeah, it was not a bad performance. We got a little bit of luck. I don't think Sacco's goal should have been ruled out. But having said that, all the VAR decisions that have gone against us this year, and I know every team says exactly the same thing, we maybe deserved a little bit of luck. I think after last week and the Bruno Fernandes penalty, which VAR I don't even think looked at, um, I think we deserved a little bit of a uh, little bit of fortune from VAR. But overall, I was actually quite impressed. I wasn't going to watch the game. I said I wasn't going to watch the game. I think I managed oh, probably about half an hour before I actually turned the game on. Um, but once I did, I saw actual attacking intent, which I've not seen from Villa in a long, long time. And we actually seemed like we were up for the game. I don't know whether the goal sort of spurred us into action, the Sacco goal that got ruled out. I don't know whether that gave us a bit of a kick up the backside. But yeah, we actually seemed like we felt positive and that we could go and outscore an opponent rather than just sort of sit back and hope for a lucky 1-0 or 0-0 or nil, nil draw so that was good to see um, I wasn't as impressed with Grealish's dive Chris, I don't know what you made of it, I've been a very strong defender mm-hmm. of him and it's getting more and more difficult when he does things like that Yeah, I think in um, in real time um, as the referee seen it, it, it did look like a penalty but um, once you see that you only have to take a look at the replay once to, to see that 
he's kind of stepped on um, the player's foot and decided to... <laughs> I think he's done what Bruno Fernandes did last happen. week. I think he's seen Fernandes get away with it and yeah. thought, yeah, I'll give it a go. But yeah, not, not really. I, I don't want that, to be honest. If we're going to win a game, I want to do it properly. But it didn't matter in the end anyway. And then... Um, the other, I suppose, major talking point, other than the two goals, was um, after the final whistle. I don't know whether you saw the kick out. It was a definite kick out, but you know, it wasn't. It wasn't Soyuncu, you know, what he did <laughs> against Bournemouth this week. But um, yeah, to see someone that you, I mean, I, I've got a huge soft spot for Christian Benteke for keeping us in the league for what two or three seasons. But what is it? I mean, he had a shocker. He had an absolute shocker. And normally, you think your ex-player has a bad game against you and you're quite glad about it. But um, he is a bit of a legend of Villa Park, so I felt mm. a little bit sorry for him, really. Yeah, um, I haven't seen it, to be honest, um, but I'll take your word for it. Um, no, just It was one of those, after the game, everybody, I think a lot of the Palace players were a bit annoyed and I think Tempers just got a bit too much, and mm. it was just a little bit of a tetchy handbags, really. But um, I can see why. Yeah, he, I mean, he, he did kick out, but it, it wasn't it wasn't a full boot, put it that way. No, but, I think. Um, yeah, I, think I, I was I... very pleased. I'm glad that safety is back on now. I'm, <laughs> just, I'm saying, yeah. staying up. <laughs> yeah, you've. Um, what's your last your last game of the season? Who's is West Ham? So it is West Ham, isn't it? So it's a yeah. very very big game. Could be a huge game. So we've got um, Everton, who we've already beaten once this season, yeah. um, away. And we've got Arsenal, who we nearly beat this season, but for two last-minute goals by Aubameyang. And then After, they well. After they went down to 10 men as well. After they went down to 10 men, yeah. Thanks for reminding me of that. That makes it a lot better. I think, um, uh, I think Man United have just scored. Oh, no. Yeah, they have just scored. That's, that's oh. disappointing. So my good mood has lasted for about three minutes. I was just saying about the Villa, when I, when I look at the team, I, I find it hard to, to find your natural leader. Um, Grealish is a very good player, but is, is he worthy of captaincy? I'm not. I'm not think 100% sure. I think he, he's probably got it just because he's been at the club the longest. But personally, for me, I, I can see where you're coming from. I think Mings, at the end of last season and towards the start of this season, was quite vocal at the back. But we lost a big player, even though he didn't play much in his last season, in James Chester because he was our club captain. And um, I think there has been a bit of a void that we've struggled to fill. Um, I think we did need probably a bit more Premier League experience, especially mm-hmm. in the back four, to come in and give us that bit of leadership. I know we've got Tom Heaton, who I would personally say is a better candidate for captain, although he's been injured for a lot this season. But yeah, I think if, you, if you're looking at a captain, you want someone who's been there and done it who's played in the Premier League, who knows what it's all about. And we don't have that player at the minute. Mm, and uh, just speaking of signings at the start of the season, um, obviously you went kind of went down that road of signing quite a few players, um, as did Fulham, obviously, the season yeah. before. And obviously they got relegated. Do you think that was the right idea? Or do you think the more of the Sheffield United approach of keep the players that got you into the I, Premier League. I know you've still got a few of those players there. 
Yeah, uh, I I think we had to invest. I think you look at the players that got us up into the Premier League. You had a Doma who was out of contract. Alan Hutton was out of contract. Uh, Chester had been injured for a, a long time, and I, he was never really getting back to full fitness. Um, we had a lot of players leave. Bjarnason was another one who left. Um, Yedinak, who's just retired. Um, there was quite a, there was a I'd I'd say a lot of more rotation and squad players that left, but we needed to fill out the team with bodies. I think a lot of the first team with like McGinn and Grealish and El Ghazi, they did survive, but we needed more than just the bare minimum amount of players. I think the problem that we have is that we've paid Premier League prices for those squad players. So we've let, I think, I think we let about 10 or 11 go um, between the end of last season and this season. And we've replaced them for players that have left for free. We've replaced them for 13 or 14 million pound players, some even more. And their rotation options, they're not giving us anything that we didn't have already. A lot of um, Villa fans, I think, were crying out for investment up front. And although we got Wesley, I think we, we all felt we needed more. And we've seen, you know, Keenan Davis has been starting a lot after the restart. I know we bought Samata in January, but we were left woefully short going forward. And I think we left, I think we were left short with experience in the back four. I know I do rate Ming still, but he's not had much around him. I would have liked to have seen like a just spend thirty million pounds, get a centre back that you know is gonna be consistent. And I think we lacked a lot of that. We spent sort of like 10, 15 million here and there on players that didn't know the league, didn't even know the country. A lot of them came from Belgium. Um, we got sort of Engels and and obviously Samata and Nakamba and Wesley, they all came from Belgian football. It's very different. And I think we needed to invest in probably more homegrown talent. I think that's where we went wrong. I think we, we needed to spend big, but I just think we spent on the wrong people. Mm. Well, my mood has got even worse now because my United have scored again. Oh, no. I need to stop talking. They seem to score every time. <laughs> two, two goals in three minutes. Uh, Martial uh, got the second. So Brilliant. I don't stop happening. Um, yeah, I'd, it, it'd, be, it'd be a shame for Villa to go, obviously, because obviously you're... A fan, I know a few Villa fans, um, but they're always good for three points, so, you know. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, we'll move on now to, to, to Chelsea. Um, I think I'm going to let you take the wheel on this one, Chris. Yeah. Um, I don't really know where to start. Obviously, I think since the restart, I think despite winning quite a few of the games, I still don't think that we've been at our best. I think especially when we played... Villa, that was a, you know, you took the lead and, you know, we did turn it around in that game, but we didn't play particularly well. Um, even against Crystal Palace midweek last week, uh, we were awful for, for the whole game. Still just about managed to cross the line on that one with the win. Um, I don't know if you saw Zuma's tackle at the end when Ben Teke got the ball, but it was... Uh, Talk about last minute, last ditch defending. It was a really good tackle from him. And then we go to what happened on Saturday, where we lost three 0 to Sheffield United. Uh, I don't, you know, I don't even know where to start. To be fair, it was just awful. 
Oh, just, we just get caught out so many times at set pieces and we just never seem to learn. It's, it's just the same every week. Every time, uh, you know, a team gets a decent free kick that they can whip in or a corner, we just look so vulnerable. Um, it's very un-Chelsea-like. Yeah, I think we've conceded the Terry most... and Mourinho. Yeah, we've conceded the most goals from set pieces up in the whole league this season. So that kind of tells you where we are. Um, the goals that we concede, 80, 80% of those goals, I think, could be defended better. Uh, we just don't defend well. I don't think we've defended well all season, but it was just the fact that we were scoring lots of goals that kind of made up for, for that. Um, and even when you look going forward, obviously we've brought in Werner, Ziyech, and then we're linked with Havertz, Sancho, the guy from Brentford. I think he's a winger, isn't he? The guy from Brentford. Yeah, Ben Rama. Yeah. These are all attacking players. There's, there's, I understand the need for attacking players, but that defence needs a whole rework. You know, Aspilicueta, I think he, out of, the, out of the sort of all of the defenders, and James maybe, are the probably two that I'd keep. Um, but centre back wise, you know. Christiansen, he's a, he's okay. He's not, he's not great. I don't think he makes the best decisions all the time. Rudiger is very hit and miss. One game, he'll have an amazing game. The next minute, he gets substituted at halftime. Zuma, he's always had that question mark over him whether he's good enough to be playing for, for Chelsea. Uh, again, you see glimmers, a glimmer of hope with him sometimes, but then he makes mistakes all the time uh, so yeah I just, do I you think, think, I think it's affected your strikers obviously Werner Zayech all on their way in do you think because obviously you lost 3-0 at the weekend mm-hmm. goal scoring hasn't been do you think Abraham's just thought well they're bringing Werner in I think I've had a good year so what's the point I just, I, it's it's a difficult one because obviously Abraham had such a good sort of first half of the season and he's really, really just stopped scoring goals. And it's come to the point now where when I see the team sheet and I see Giroud ahead of him and I think, well, that's probably the right choice. Um, and I probably wouldn't have said that at the start of the season. So I think kind of asked that question a little bit. I don't know if it's affecting him. I just... I'd say the service isn't always great. I'd say we're very good at getting across in, but getting it past that first man just seems to be something that we just cannot do. I think with someone like Tammy Abraham, I think we'll rely on his height too much. Yeah. Uh, I know it's kind of route one, just kind of like cross it to him and just hopefully he gets a header in us. We never sort of play that sort of, slick pass in, in and outside the box. We always just seem to end up going backwards. Um but there is there I think there are there is some glimmer of hope still. Um I still do think we'll get top four. Obviously with Man City now they'll definitely be in the Champions League next season. That's kind of put the pressure back on a little bit as to yep. you know we definitely need to get that fourth spot. Um if it means that Man United get third and we get fourth, I'm not entirely fussed anymore. Uh, I, I, I think, I think with the, I think Leicester, I think they're in a position now where they are actually playing worse than what we are. So, 
Um, and Wolves not winning as well, it kind of is helping. So I, 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 th- I think looked the very fall... good at the weekend. I still fancy Wolves to, I mean, uh, four yeah. points off fifth now. I still expect them to catch Leicester. Um, the way that Leicester have been looking the last couple of games, especially against Bournemouth at the weekend. But I, th- I do think you're safe in fourth. Um, yeah. And I think you're right. I think investment is needed in defence. Probably a goalkeeper. I mean, he, he made a couple of decent saves against Sheffield United. But again, a couple of the goals, I thought, could he get a stronger hand to it? Or, you know, he's he's palmed one. It was a good save. The first goal, it was a good save. But he's palmed it straight into the path yeah. of the Sheffield United striker. And as a keeper, you do want to be... You want to be pushing them away further than you know, just leaving them on the edge of your own six-yard box. But We've, yeah, it's those uh, kind of little things. Yeah. Who do you buy? You know, yeah, that's that's the point. Uh, I thought I thought Tamoria was really good. Obviously, he's injured at the moment, so um, I think I think he would stay. But I I think personally, I think they'll probably try and get rid of Zuma in, in the summer. Whether they get rid of Christensen as well, I'm not sure, but. Uh, we'll have to see what Norwich tomorrow night at home. So a bit more I mean, hopeful. For, for, from the perspective of someone who doesn't support Chelsea, I'm looking at, as, I mean, obviously your target this season was to get back in the Champions League. That's fine. But you want to be doing well in the Champions League. Mm. And I look at a back four that contains Zuma and Christensen. And I look at even other teams in our league, but certainly other teams in Europe. And I compare the defenses, and you just think they're not quite, quite there, that level. Yeah. They're good. They're they're, they're a good Premier League defense. Don't get me wrong, but to be a good title challenging, cup winning defense, I don't quite think they've got it. Just um, just quickly before we move on to the Norwich thing, I saw this tweet. I saved it in my phone. Um, I just wanted to get your opinion because it is Chelsea related. So someone put on Twitter, um, he put unpopular opinion. The Chelsea Chelsea win in the league under Conte was more impressive than Pep Guardiola's two title wins with City and Klopp's with Liverpool. Oh, I I don't think Klopp's with Liverpool, but I think judging by the money that Guardiola has had. And they did actually give him time because his first year wasn't brilliant. So, and I think with the squad that the squad that Klopp inherited at Liverpool compared to the squad they have now, yeah, is two different teams. I personally think the squad that Conte inherited wasn't great, and he made them good. Even yes, if it was just this is what he said. This is this is what this guy yeah. said. He said how he said. I still don't know how Conte turned Marcus Alonso and Victor Moses into such monsters in his system. Exactly, it was absolutely crazy. <laughs> and he did with that with the three centre backs playing the yeah. attacking wing backs because uh, well, Alonso got into double figures I think that season for goal scored, didn't he? I know he took free mm. kicks and, and yeah. things like that, but I, I do think it was it was impressive, even if he bought a bit of you know what is what now I think is a bit of Deadwood because he didn't he buy Bakayoko or was that. Yeah, there was lots of Deadwood that came in. Yeah, the and Jorginho hasn't been particularly brilliant. But yeah, I think he did a good job. I think he did a really good job. I think any other manager probably wouldn't have got a title out of that team at all, really. Okay, I was just seeing what you thought about it. I thought it was quite, when I read it, I thought well, he's probably got a point there in some way. Yeah. Um, 
Okay, we'll just quickly go on to Norwich. Um, I think we both just wanted to quickly mention, obviously, obviously they are the first team to be relegated in the Premier League. Um, kind of just the things that that went wrong for them. Um, one of the things I actually highlighted was Timo Pukki. <laughs> yeah. And it was the fact that I remember at the start of the season, he just couldn't stop scoring goals. Um, and they weren't necessarily winning you know, a tremendous amount of games, but they were putting in half decent performances there because that they beat Man City as well, didn't they? I vaguely yeah, remember. Yeah. Um, but he he was probably their star player, and I think since he's dropped off, they've got a lot worse. Um, yeah. And their defense is is very bad as well. It's it's as bad as ours. Yeah. <laughs> um, but this is, I think this is, the cards have been on this one for a while, I think, for Norwich. Um, but I think that the one glimmer I hope that they have is that they are good. They are very good at getting back up. Um, they've done it a couple of times before. So I think they, they could potentially come straight back up. But I do think that Puki will leave. Yeah. I'll be I think the other, to see if their manager stays as well. Yeah. And the other one as well. Is Cantwell? I yes, think that I he. Think I think talent. a Premier League. I think a Premier League team will buy him. Not necessarily like one of the big sort of six clubs. He could potentially go to maybe a Leeds if they get promoted, or or even uh, I think if Villa stay up, they could look at him maybe as someone to bring in. Mm. Um, I think he's one of their hardest working players, Cantwell, and um, out of their sort of off-season they've had, I think he is probably the best thing that's come out of that for them. And they probably will get a fair bit of money for him as well. Um, I imagine that, yeah, I think they will. I, it was a, Norwich was a strange one because they've, they've had a lot of players um, this year and last year because I watched them a lot in the Championship when they came up. Um, a lot of players that I thought were genuinely really good quality. Like, like you say, Campwell, I think has been excellent for them. He, he does work hard. I think um, Wendia, when he's on form, he can, you know, his passing is is amazing. He can pick a pass yeah. that no one else can see. I think Hernandez as well. But they're all attacking and mostly wide players. And I think it was the spine of that team that's really let them down, especially at the back as well. Obviously, they, I know they had a lot of injuries at certain points in, in the season. Ben Godfrey, I think, has played quite a lot for them. And he's only... 21 I think something like that but it's it's a bit strange that I look at that Norwich squad and I think they've got some genuine talent that is probably better than the players that Villa have got in their team you know I could I could easily see Wendy starting for Villa I could see Hernandez starting for Villa Campwell Godfrey like all those kind of people but yes you're right Pucky had an incredible season last year, carried it on for the first few weeks and then found it very difficult. But defensively, although they're young, and I think they will, if they can keep them together, come back up, I think they're going to be really highly sought after. Now Norwich have gone down. I think there are going to be some good teams looking at, like Max Ahrens and, and Lewis as well. He was the other one that shut down Ahrens. He's the, he's the right back or left back, yeah. isn't he? Yeah, and yeah. They're, they're only 20 or 21, something like that. So I think they could go for big money. And if they if if they stay at Norwich, they'll have a chance of getting back up. And, that, and I include the manager in that. But if they end up selling their best assets, 
they've got to make sure that they invest that money wisely. I yeah. think they'll probably get a fair bit of it, but it's not easy in the championship. You can, you can buy as many people as you want. You've got to have something a little bit different. And I think that lies with the manager. I mean, what what do you think, Chris? I don't I don't know whether he'll stay or not. It's hard to, hard to say, I think. Um, it, I, I think he'd only go... I, I think he'll only go if... If another job comes up, I don't think he, I don't think he'll want to be out of the job. Um, but it's where he goes. Yeah, I think he might stay just to see if maybe if he can get them straight back up. But fortunately for Norwich, they are a bit of a yo-yo team, so they when they do come up, they generally do go straight back down. So. Yeah, uh, it's just it's strange talk because obviously we've had a lot of conversations about Dean Smith. Um, and I was obviously of the opinion he should have gone at Christmas. There's been no talk about Farker leaving Norwich, I not even from their just, own fans. Yeah, I think it's just expect that's it's what comes down to expectation. I think, um, I don't they didn't spend I, much, did they? No, I, I generally don't think many Norwich fans are going to turn around and say that they expected that you know they, they might say they expected to stay up, but. They were always going to be in a, a quite a bit of a fight to stay up, and like you said, they didn't invest hardly anything on players. Um, so yeah, I, 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 that's probably why he hasn't been mentioned. Yeah, but, I think you might be right. I think, but possibly unless a job becomes available in Germany, I think he'll he'll stay. And I think if he does, they'll have a very good chance of coming back up again next year. Well, um, well, yeah, we'll have to wait and see what they do over the summer. Um, but, yeah, that's it for part one. And in part two, we'll be back with a tale from Liam's archives. This is what I'm, I'm trying, to, trying to think of a name for you, Liam. Liam's <laughs> <laughs> archives. So, uh, but we'll be back in part two. Hello and welcome back to part two of View from the Sideline podcast. Um, quickly, before we just go into Liam's story, um, Yeovil are back in action this weekend, Liam, on Saturday. Okay. Yep, the playoff, um, they've got to play three games in the playoffs, including oh, the that finals. Mad playoff so, system. So, uh, so this is kind of the, the quarterfinals, I guess. That's, uh, um, so they're playing Barnett, um, who were lucky enough to get into the playoffs anyway on the the points per games or whatever it was. They were 11th, I think, they finished the season when lockdown hit. Um, they got into the playoffs. Um, so, yeah, uh, it's on BT Sport. Uh, I've seen the pictures from the ground today. The the, uh, the scaffolding is up, ready for the TV cameras. So nice. Looking they're already, Yeah, they're only one leg. So it's... Uh, so it is a bit of a shootout. So hopefully, hopefully they can get through. And if they get through, they'll play uh, Notts County, which uh, which probably again is is not the easiest tie to play. But that'll be at Notts County as well. But hopefully next week on the podcast we can talk a bit about Yeovil's win. Hopefully, hopefully, got my fingers crossed. Um, but yeah, Liam, where are we going this week with your story? Well, this week, Chris, we are going to Romania. Uh, the reason that I've chosen this story is because obviously we're in July now. Normally, 
the transfer window is open and I wanted to make it a bit topical. Obviously, new players can't play yet, but this story is the story of the transfer of Ion Radu in 1998. So, Ion Radu was a Romanian midfielder who got sold by second division, excuse the pronunciation, Gil Petrasani. He went to a club called Valsia during the official transfer window. Nothing unusual, as isn't very normal with my stories these days. Nothing unusual about this <laughs> uh, point. Yeah, no, all sounds the, legit. The unusual thing about this transfer was he wasn't sold for any money, no value whatsoever. He was <laughs> sold for 500 kilograms of pork. Ooh, now, lovely. that 500 kilos of pork was worth roughly about £1,750 at the time of the sale. Gil <laughs> Petrosani, club president, said the meat was to be sold in order to pay player salaries. And just for some fun, I thought I'd make a bit of a comparison to the record transfer, which is obviously currently Neymar, uh, around £198 million. <laughs> So in terms of pork, that's about 56,571,000 kilos of pork that <laughs> could be made by using around 808,000 pigs. So there you go. That's my story of the week. It seems like a very strange way to go about making money selling pork. Could it they is. not have just asked for the money? It, well, <laughs> I don't... How do you make an is offer... Is there a good markup? A good markup on pork back then in I, Romania? Or have, Maybe pork was, you know, shares in pork farms were going through the roof. I, I, I have no idea. But I, I just... Normally, when an offer is made for a club, surely like an agent gets involved. All right, you're in the second division of Romania, you might not have an agent, but normally a club must ring the other one up or send a fax or email or something. What what have they sent to get? Well, by the way, we've got loads of pork here and we're after one of your players. Can we do a deal? I mean, I, I have no idea how that came about, but yeah. It's a good story. It has to be like sanctioned by the Romanian FA as well. So imagine their faces when it comes through on the facts <laughs> on deadline day. Deadline day, they got <laughs> they got Sky Sports Romania up, and yeah. uh, and the <laughs> the guy on the TV's there like breaking news. Uh, Radu is 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 moved for uh, for pork. <laughs> I mean, how do you if you're a Romanian football manager? How do you make an offer of 500 kilograms of pork? Yeah, how, uh, it just seems like a very... Uh, uh, surely that's a lot of pork to get rid of like in a short space of time before it like kind of... Yeah, because it's not going to last bad. Where do you it, store it all? <laughs> Maybe they sold another player to get like a huge like fridge Plastic freezer. freezer. <laughs> yeah. We need a pork freezer. Yeah. Oh wow. Thought it was well, yeah, I've heard of things like that before, like where they've didn't Ian Wright like when he left like a really low division club for for Palace. Didn't that? I don't think money was ever transferred then. I think that I was think, like was that a football kits? kit or something? Yeah, yeah. Or footballs or something like that. So I've heard, I'd heard of a few that had been football related, whether it had been like a set of shirts or a, a bag of footballs or whatever. But the, the it was just it stood out for me because it's just it's not football related at all. <laughs> it's just pork. I just I can't mean, imagine can't... how. But do you think the agent got paid? Agent got paid in pork as well. Like, Twelve percent for that. Pork Five percent. And what yeah. happens to his signing on fee if he? Uh, <laughs> like, does he get pork with the player gets pork as well? But... 
idea. There oh, you go. Yeah. Well, that's a good one. I like that. That was very good. Pork. Oh, that's funny. Okay, uh, so I move on to the Wonders of White. Um, I've got two Spanish-themed ones this week. I thought I'd have a look a bit around. Um, the first one is Lacazette is the first Arsenal player to score home and away against Spurs in a single season since Per Mertesacker in 2012. Wow. It, that one that one shocked me because that Per Mertesacker actually scored twice in a season. That was, I, I didn't even know he scored twice in a career. There you go. That's just amazing. Uh, this is a Villa-themed one, actually. Um, Trezeguet is the second player to score a brace in the Premier League for Villa this season. Can you... Do you know the other guy that scored a brace? I do, because it was about the the biggest highlight we've had this season was the 5-1 win. <laughs> yeah, and I think was. Wesley got two. It was Wesley against Norwich, yes. I think that was, that's two of his three goals, I think, this season came in that game. And this one goes to show that Messi is still probably one of the greatest players ever to grace the football pitch. Um, so Messi is the first La Liga player since 2008 to reach 20 assists in one season. Um, that record was currently is held by Xavi. Um, so Messi needs one more assist and he has broken a La Liga record. That's incredible. 20 For assists. What, 30, 30 odd, 32 yeah. now, is he? That's, that's unbelievable. And this one, I... So many times I remember when this player was playing for Chelsea, he'd all, this would always happen. So Morata has been caught offside more than any other La Liga player this season. He's currently <laughs> at 36 times oh, he's been caught offside. I used to say this all the time when he played Chelsea, he just could not stay onside when a ball came to him. Just read the line, mate. Come on. Just... Every t- I just I, I saw I saw it on the on Twitter and I thought oh, I love that one because uh, literally any dig at Morata is a good one week in <laughs> week out it would happen I I remember one like, it was last season and I want to say it was either Wolves I think it might be Wolves he got caught off he came on at half time I think he came on at half time just after half time. And I think he got caught offside five times in the second half. Wow. Yeah. It kind of made me a bit angry seeing that. I thought he's not changed his ways. <laughs> no, he hasn't. I'm just having a look, Chris, because somewhere in the back of my mind, I've got the idea that someone has been booked for, be, for being consistently offside. So I'm just having a quick Google. Can this it's it's telling me that you can't, but I'm sure somewhere in my brain, I've been. I don't know. Maybe I'm thinking of Van Persie when he was offside and kicked the ball away and got sent off. I might be thinking of that, but I'm I'm sure somewhere in my mind I remember watching a game. He scored one of my favourite World Cup goals I've ever seen. Van Persie. At oh, Dorman. that flying header. Yeah. Oh, brilliant. I remember seeing that. I remember I, I was um, yeah, just sat watching the TV like you did, and I was like, wow. That was that, that that World Cup in general because that had the Rodriguez goal in it as well. Oh yeah, that was yeah, just a, that was a good World Cup. That was uh, he got bought. That was what Real Madrid bought him for, and he, he turns out that he can't <laughs> he was rubbish. 
can't actually do that every week. <laughs> okay. Right, we'll move on to your teaser answer. So um, let me get this right. So it's six managers yep. who have six, been at six. five Premier League clubs. Uh, five or more. So there, there is more. a couple that have been at more than five. But um, right. yeah. I've, I've literally gone through the OAP list of Premier <laughs> League managers because this is all I can think of. Right. Um, I'll give you six attempts. So be oh, careful with six, who you read out. I've got six names. That's good. Confident on maybe three. Uh, right, we'll go with um, Mark Hughes. Mark Hughes, yes. I thought that was one of the more difficult ones. Yeah. That was one of the has. obvious ones. Right? That was so he's, the first on, list. So he's been manager of Stoke, Blackburn, Man City, Fulham and Queen's Park Rangers, which I completely forgot about, and also Southampton, which I forgot about as well because he wasn't there for very long. Uh, so yeah, he's been in charge. Uh, of, Sam Allardyce, the other one. Sam Allardyce, indeed. I think he's the only person who's been at seven. So Bolton Wanderers, West Ham, Blackburn, Sunderland, Everton, Newcastle, and Crystal Palace. Interestingly, only three of those have been for over one season. There you go. He's also England manager as well. He was for a famously <laughs> short amount of time. Oh, right. Okay. They were my two. I, I was very confident about those two. Right. I'll go with my next. I'll go with Roy Hodgson. Ooh, Roy Hodgson is in there as well. Nice work. Crystal Palace, Never who been. is now his longest club as manager in the Premier League. Oh. And then obviously Fulham and Blackburn and West Brom and Liverpool. Yeah, he's always a very good manager at keeping teams up. Like Palace. Like, you know, they aren't doing that bad considering the team that they've got. I thought, well, he's a good manager. Yeah, I rate him. Oh, I, I think he's oh. been a bit, at the bigger teams, he's been a bit um, unfairly treated, shall we say. Mm. I think, you know, Liverpool was probably a bit out of his depth. But, yeah, 20 games, it's not really enough, is it? Uh, I'm scraping the barrel now. Uh, Steve Bruce. Oh, I, don't know, I don't know if I want to say that one. Uh, Are you going for it? Yeah, I'll go for it. Steve Bruce is in there. He's had another five teams. He's had Birmingham City, Sunderland, Hull City, Wigan Athletic, and Newcastle, of course, now. No, no I'm really, really sorry. Uh, okay. You're missing. So you've got four. Okay. So you're uh, the, the, the person at the top of the list in oh, terms really? of games. Okay. Um, Martin O'Neill. Oh, he's not there. Uh, Nigel Pearson. Nigel Pearson was the other one I had, by the way. Nigel Pearson's not there either, I'm afraid. Uh, I've got, I think Nigel, Nigel Pearson's obviously Leicester, now at Watford. Has he been anywhere else? Was he Newcastle manager for a bit? Newcastle, yeah, he was, yeah. Um, yeah, and Martin O'Neill, obviously, Sunderland, Villa and Leicester. And I don't think he's been manager of anyone else. So you've missed... Uh, one um, obvious, Chris. Well, I, I don't know how Harry Redknapp didn't come into your radar uh, at all there. Yeah, I don't know. 639 games as a Premier League manager. That's not bad going, is it? West Ham, Portsmouth, Spurs, QPR and Southampton. Obviously, famously short. And then the final one, which is probably the most... I'd say it's the most difficult one, is Alan Pardew. So he's been um, manager of Newcastle. Yeah, maybe. He's there for a while. Crystal Palace, West Ham, and then he had 18 games as Charlton boss and West Brom as well. 
saw um, some tweet the other day saying that his seven-year contract with Newcastle ended <laughs> a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> so he's not getting paid anymore. Yeah. Um, he was a bro- he was managing in the Dutch league, wasn't he? From what I remember, and he's quit. Oh, I have no idea now. Yeah, he was. Um, he was managing in in. And they got relegated. Um, and he he quit because they couldn't afford. I think he said that they wouldn't be able to afford his wages. I think he was trying to say that he was trying to do a good thing, but you know, getting a team relegated, I don't think that's very good. <laughs> what struck me was the amount of. Obviously, these are very experienced managers. They've been in lots of jobs for lots of teams. None the of amount of teams <laughs> where it's been underneath, like less than a season mm. that they've had. So, obviously, like Pardew, Charlton and West Brom are eight, 18 games. Roy Hodgson, 20 games at Liverpool. Um, Mark Hughes, 22 games at Southampton. And also, the other thing was the amount of teams that were repeated. So, Southampton are in there quite a lot. Newcastle are in there quite a lot. And they're all sort of like, uh, kind of like yo-yo clubs, I guess. Between the thing, the thing is, like these managers, they're there for stability, aren't they? You sack yeah. a manager, you think, who can we get in quickly? Mark Hughes, Sam Allardyce, Steve Bruce, Roy Hodgson. You know, they're names that, that you can just get in for maybe just do a quick fix. Yeah. Um, Which we but, probably could have done with about Christmas time. Uh, at out of, okay, so, out, of those, out of those, who would you have? Out of the, Well, not Steve Bruce. Let's rule him out straight away. Um, out of all of those, I would probably go with Roy Hodgson. Yeah. But, I mean, he's, I know he's unavailable, but let's just say he got sacked from Crystal Palace. I would, all of those uh, managers were available. It would be him. I would, uh, I would agree. I'd go with Hodgson as well. Definitely mm. not Alan Pardew. <laughs> Put him below Steve Bruce, actually, and I don't like Steve Bruce at all. Uh, no. Uh, Alan Pardew would probably be uh, sixth on that list, unfortunately, because you'd have to give him uh, an eight-year contract. Exactly. Just to keep him there. But, yeah. Cool. No, that was a good one. I enjoyed that. I got four. Yeah, four um, out of six. Not bad at so all. That's not too bad. Um, I should have got red nap though, but um, I think in my head I was just trying to think of who out there right now is managing clubs. But pressure. Yeah, I never would have got Pardew though. Not in a million no, years. No, no, me neither. He was the hardest one there. But I, I just forgot about Mark Hughes. <laughs> had been manager at QPR in Southampton. He was just so forgettable. He's a very forgettable man. Wow. He just yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I just I completely forgot because they're not that good, are they? I don't know. Yeah, he's not a great manager, is he? Really? No, he yeah. hasn't. He hasn't had. The, he hasn't got the best reputation as he as a manager. I wouldn't mm. say it's to, say it to his face. He does seem like a bit of a psycho, but yeah, there we go. Let's <laughs> hope he's not listening. Well, if he is, you're in trouble. <laughs> at, at Liam Spencer on Twitter. Okay. Uh, cool. Okay, so well, uh, that's it from me. Anything uh, you want to add, Liam? Uh, no, not this week. Okay, so we'll be back with another episode next week. So see you next week.